Hello and welcome back to the Angry Pharmacist Podcast. I'm your host as always, Dr. Cristello, and I am the Angry Pharmacist. You know, I'm not actually angry all the time. I'm actually pretty fun. It's just when we talk about stuff that doesn't make sense, that has hurt people, I get a little kerfuffled is my word of the day, kerfuffled. And that is why I'm the Angry Pharmacist. So welcome today. I'm going to talk about something hilarious and I'm trying not to giggle saying it but we're going to talk about how big your butt is (laughs) all right I couldn't stop from giggling not your b-u-t-t which you know teach his own I'm talking about your butt your b-u-t the reason you always give for not doing the very thing you know is going to be awesome for your health your life your mind, your body, your spirit, your relationships. How big's your butt? It's going to be pretty big, right? It's got to be pretty big if we aren't where we want to be or we're not even on our way. Even if you haven't arrived where you want to be, right? That's that's fine. Everything's a journey. But if you haven't started yet, I'm going to guess your butt's pretty big. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about today on the Angry Pharmacist podcast. Maybe by the end, you'll be the angry listener. (laughs) I hope not. I'm going to try not to. But I got to tell you, a lot of times when I say things that are brutally honest, regardless how polite I say them, I'm telling you, people get upset. But if, if you get upset, usually there's an indication there that there's some truth that you don't like hearing. I know that's how I am sometimes. I'm like, damn it, that person's right. It makes me angry that they're right. But they're right. So... It's just kind of how us humans are. So now, just to remind you, as always, I like to put the link uh, below in the notes section of the video or the video of the um, of the audio. And so, if you uh, click the little dots behind the title there, it'll open up and give you the link to my website, drkristello.com, and you can download the freebies. There's low carb desserts and there's my blood sugar my pricky blood sugar log because when you have diabetes your life is full of pricks so at least I can give you something to record your blood sugars on that isn't made by the pharmaceutical companies you're very welcome actually I love making them it's like my thing like I like designing them and like create anyway so head over there head over there to get my freebies you can also check out my 30-day blood sugar reset challenge Um, and by the way I will be coming out with a five-day mini challenge that's free so everybody can get kind of a taste of what the 30 days all about and see if it's something. Actually, this goes right back to another podcast episode head where I have to show you instead of tell you. So that's coming up. Super excited about that. Stay tuned. And if you want to keep abreast of things like that, you can actually prescribe, prescribe, see, prescribe. Yeah, right. That's because I'm a pharmacist, right? Um, you sub- subscribe to my MVP list where I send out a newsletter every two weeks and it has a recipe and little some insights and tidbits and things like that that I put out there. Just food for thought because I need to change your mind in order to change your life. And to do that, I constantly have to give you a different take on maybe what you've been doing, right? That's how we change. So I have a cup of coffee with me tonight because Lord have mercy, I'm tired. So let's talk about your butt. All right, not the ones you fit into your leggings, not the ones you fit into your work pants. That's not what I'm talking about. Wow, that's a lot of wind. I'm talking about your butt, 
the reason you give for not doing something. Regardless of what it is. Now, I'm going to give you the perspective and the stories I have around this are from, you know, clients and patients. Clients and patients. Because, you know, there's not anybody out there. I'm sorry. There's not anybody out there who has diabetes who wants it. And there's nobody out there with diabetes who wants the meds. True? Can I get a hell yeah if you agree with me? Nobody wants diabetes and nobody wants the meds for diabetes. However, when I approach or they approach me and say, okay, what can I do to do the, ditch these meds? I'm like, we're going to start with what you're eating and we're going to talk about it. Okay, because it is that simple. No, there is no magic supplement. There is no magic supplement. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing in pill form you're going to take to erase this so you don't have to change anything about your life. That's just not how anything in this world works. But for some reason, when it comes to diabetes, we want, sometimes I feel like we want to act like it is. And maybe because that's what the doctors have told you, that here, take this pill, everything will be fine. There's nothing you can do anyway, take a pill. Maybe we're in that mindset and I got to kick you out of that mindset. Because there's no pill you can take where all the benefits of exercise are downloaded into your body, right? There's no pill you can take where all the benefits of years of school and study are downloaded into your brain. There's no pill you can take where all of a sudden, you know, you're not a jerk, you're a nice person. There's not like a personality pill. But for some reason with diabetes and health and food, we want a magic pill to download into ourselves and change everything on the inside so we don't have to change anything we eat. And that is, now that should give you a serious insight into what our relationship is with food. If I tell you, let's change the way you eat, which by the way is not just rabbit food, let's change the way you eat so you don't have to take the pills and you can have less diabetes, and you say, oh no, never mind, isn't there a pill? That should tell you the relationship status you have with food. And, you know, everybody, I mean, everybody has this. It's very, very pervasive in the, in the culture. If it wasn't pervasive, everybody would be like, yeah, show me what I can do. And they do it, but they don't. Why? Because we don't want to change what we eat. Why? Because eating 80% carbs as human beings is fun, even though it's killing us. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be honest about that, okay? All right, so... What happens is I tell people this and they give me a big fat butt. I would love to do that. That sounds awesome, but, and I'm sorry, some of the butts are only big in your mind. Okay. They're only big in the beholder, you know, in the, in the, in the eyes of the creator kind of thing. You've created that butt and it's huge to you. <laughs> Are you liking like how I'm doing all these like innuendos and like puns here? Um, you know, somebody will say to me, but I love carbs. I would love to get off these meds. I'd love to do your program, but, but I love carbs. Girlfriend, who doesn't, who doesn't love carbs? The reason we're in so much trouble is because we love carbs. That's not a but. That's an excuse. That's a, I mean, it's a big but in your head, but it is not. That is not so much. Okay? Now, if you were to think, if you were to say something like, I would love to do that and I'd love to do your program, but I don't want to eat only vegetables, 
that would be a little different. And we could talk about that and clear up that little misconception that to survive and be healthy the rest of your life, you have to eat spinach. Okay, we could talk about that. Because that's a misconception. It's not a but. That's a misconception. Saying, I would love to take your program, but I love carbs is a big but. And it's kind of a big excuse. And I say that with love. And I say that knowing that you already know that what I just said is true. I'm just going to say it out loud and bring it out into the open for you. Okay, bring it out for you. So we can look at it and decide if we can shrink this butt. All right? That's a big one. I think a lot of people have that. Another person said it a different way where they're like, um, I'd love to take your program. It sounds really awesome. But carbs are my life. Now, if I hear that, which I did, that tells me that we have an, we have an addiction type situation, which carb addiction is very real. Okay, the chemical release from food is very real in the brain. So there's definitely going to be some addictive potential there for sure. It is a very real thing. So let us not pretend. Okay? But if you say carbs are life, carbs are your life, in your head that's a but. In my head that's a reason. That's a reason even further to do this. Because you don't want carbs to be your life. You want family to be your life. You want friends to be your life. You want life to be your life. And, and, and carbs shouldn't be your life. Food shouldn't be life. Okay, we should eat to live. But we're eating, seriously, we're, we're living to get to that next meal, it seems like. So if carbs are your life, that's a huge but. But it's, a, it's, it's an excuse. It's an excuse. It's like a mindset. You're in a mindset where these hurdles are just totally, they cannot be conquered. They're too big. They cannot be overcome. Okay, and that butt is big only to you. That's not a big enough butt. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I love butt jokes because I think butts look funny. So, all right, so th- there's a couple. Right, and, and it's in different forms. But, you know, seriously, I, I, I get these reasons. I'd love to do this, but I love sugar. Everybody loves sugar. That's why sugar's a problem. That's why there's so many products that are trying to go sugar-free and trick you and put a sweetener in there so you can maintain your sweet so you never actually have to address the problem. Do you see how that works? Do you see how they did that? I love sugar. Carbs are my life. I love carbs. Right? Those are some of the main ones I I get all the time. Every day, all the time. And to me, to, to that person, to you maybe who have said this out loud, it's a big but, and it's a reason you can't do something. But to me, it's the reason to do something. Because in that situation, it, things are just going to get worse until they're so bad, there's no going back. So when I hear that, I'm like, okay, you definitely need, you definitely need to change up what you're eating. Definitely. We should definitely do that. Okay? Awesome. Um, but to them, it's a big butt. Big old butt cheeks blocking everything. And they can't get around that. <laughs> I'm not even trying at this point. It's all just coming out like this. Okay, let's talk about another butt. Another category of butts, if you will, that seems to be pretty big. All right. Um, I think I've talked about this a little bit, maybe a lot, because it's just so, I think it's just so wrong when I hear this. I'm so, I'm like disgusted when I hear this. Okay. I would love to take your program, but... My doctor would get upset. 
what? Your doctor would get upset because you started to make healthy choices for yourself and your A1C would reduce. Your doctor would get upset because you want to get off of the insulin and you're making steps to do that. Your doctor would get set, get upset because you don't want to be so dependent on medications and doctor appointments and prescriptions. Is that a joke? I seriously thought it was a joke at first. It's not. And then at like the, you know, the, like the 50th time I've heard it, I'm like, there's something going on. Like I already knew there was something going on. Literally, I'm developing a course <laughs> that helps build and retrain providers to have empathy. Okay, I'm not even kidding. I'm, I'm making that course as we speak, hopefully to be available next year for providers. Because I can see it happening. I can see how we've lost our ability to put ourselves in the patient's shoes and to, and to see things from different perspectives so we can make the best clinical decision. Okay, but when I hear this, when I hear this, honestly, I do know there's some providers out there that are very, very, um, God, what's a word? Um, what is it when you're like dating somebody and they're super jealous? They're like that possessive. That's the word. They're very possessive of their patients. Like this is my patient and I'm controlling their di diabetes and I'm making their health decisions. Okay. And that's not how it should be. It should be the patient making the decision. Here's how that works. You go to your doctor. I have diabetes. I don't want drugs for it. Okay, here's some stuff you can do. Okay, well, give me, give me two months, help me make some decisions, or help me, you know, let me make some choices in my life so I don't have to do the drugs. Cool, that sounds good. Here's some stuff to avoid. And by the way, I mean, they tell you to avoid the stuff that has zero impact on your sugars, and they tell you to eat a whole bunch of stuff that actually drives it skyward, but that's a, that's a whole other topic. Um, like that is a decision making. Like here's all the information you need to know. You you discuss it, you know, with you and your family and then we make a decision. It should not be I'm the doctor, I'll make the decision. It's not like that anymore. It shouldn't be. It's not like that in my world, that's for sure. By the way, I should probably kind of, uh, find a primary care physician. But every time I do a, I get in a fight. So anyway. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard. It's hard. So I want to take your program. I want to get off the drugs. I want to get healthy, but my provider will get mad. And I'm going to listen to everything she says, but also listen to everything that, that you say, Dr. Ello. <laughs> and that's not, going to, that's not going to work. So if you're trying to, you know, you know there's a quote from um, Sweet Home Alabama, the, you know, the movie. <laughs> and it's just, it's so true. It's like, you can't ride two ponies with one ass, sugar bean, okay? You can't. You can't please one person and at the same time please another person when they're both going to tell you opposite things. You're going to end up. You know, and at that point, you're not really thinking about your health anymore. You're thinking about not getting yelled at by people. And isn't that one of those things with diabetes, right? The shame, the guilt, the yell at. You go to the doctor, you didn't do exactly what they said. Because one, maybe it didn't make sense to you. Two, maybe you didn't have the resources. Three, maybe you're pay playing a A1C roulette, right? Where you like totally ignore that you have diabetes. People do this, right? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about this, but people pretend they don't have diabetes until like a month before their, their lab work and then they're super, super good, thinking that's gonna be the thing. Meanwhile, they spent two months in the 300s doing whatever they want. That, that'll get you killed, okay? Those 300s caused massive damage. They did. And so that last month being good, yeah, your A1C dropped and yeah, your doctor's gonna be like, not gonna yell at you, but that's not the way this is supposed to be, okay? Stop, stop it if you're doing that. 
People do the same thing when they check their warfarin. Don't do that, okay? I want to take your program, but I have a nurse practitioner. I have a PA. I have an MD. And they are managing my diabetes. Okay, let me ask you something. When your doctor says, when your doctor says to you, get exercise, does your provider, does your doctor give you the exercises to do? They, they tell you how long and how many reps to do of each exercise. Do they tell you exactly what um, exercise will be perfect for you given your body? What do they tell you? Do they give you a program? Do they give you a handout? Do they go through it with you? Do, you sit, do they sit there with you as you do your exercises? No, of course not. They say go do exercise. Are they going to get mad at you if you go hire a trainer to do exercises? No. Then why in the hell are they getting mad at you for hiring or eliciting the help of a diabetes health coach so your diabetes won't rot you from the inside out? That is probably the worst but there is because now you're trying to keep somebody happy who doesn't even have your diabetes. You are choosing more drugs, more meds, <clears throat> more unhealthy, more, more, more complications. You are choosing a shorter life to, just to avoid getting yelled at by your doctor. Okay, Which, by the way, a little bit shame on your doctor if that's the way you feel right now. But also, that butt is not going to hold up in the court of life. Okay, That's not a well-made decision. All right? And believe me, I know how strong that power is of getting yelled at. My grandparents, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I just saved my grandmother's life. She was on drugs she did not need to be on. As an 84-year-old, she was not supposed to be on certain meds, and she was on them. Why? Because she's been on them for 20 years. And her provider, you know, they don't, they don't, think, they don't think like a pharmacist. They go through and they're like, yup, everything looks good and you're still doing okay. She wasn't doing okay. I got her off like three pills within a month. Right? But she, and I wasn't scared to help her change that, but she was scared of upsetting her provider. Meanwhile, she's miserable. She was miserable. She was, she's crazy anxious, zero energy, okay? And some people, and I think the problem is people shrug that off and be like, oh, that's what an 84-year-old life said. No, it's not. No, it is not. You should have energy when you're 84, okay? There's something else going on. And by the way, she's feeling great. But that power of my doctor's going to be upset if I do something else, that needs to stop, okay? And that's, again, why I'm creating the empathy program. I shouldn't really call it an empathy program. I should call it how to talk to your patient and not push them into doing stuff they don't want to do. I mean, <laughs> that's going to be the long description, okay? So that's the worst but there is. I can't, I can't stand that but. Um, but it's out there. And it's on a lot of people's lips, all right? Let's go to another category of buts. And this is a big one as well. Big buts when it comes to I want to do your program. I want to get healthy. I want to ditch the meds. I want to stop feeling sick. I want my energy back, okay? But... My family only likes certain foods. And I got to tell you, there's two categories here, okay? There's the category of my spouse won't eat that and the category of my kids won't eat that, okay? And let me tell you, and I know this is sensitive and I'm saying this with love. I got three kids. I got nieces and nephew. I get the, the, the stubborn, fussy thing. I have zero tolerance for fussy. 
by the zero. But if you are making choices and eating crap because the only thing your kids are going to eat is crap, then your kids will most likely also have to deal with diabetes when they're older. And also, you are the boss. You're the adult. You're the parent. Okay? And the nutritional decision should not be made and put in the hands of the kids. Okay? It is the job of the adults, the parents, to guide the children into good habits. Okay? I mean, how many times when you were kids where you're like, when I'm older, I'm going to eat a whole batch of brownie batter or cookie batter because your mom's like, no, you can't eat that. You can't do that. No, you can't lick that spoon. My cat just wandered in. Good Lord. You can't lick the spoon. There's salmonella. There's eggs. You can't have that. Or you can't have that much sugar because they don't want to deal with it. It's, it's their decision. My mother definitely made the decisions. Okay? And when she, she made dinner, that was for dinner. That was it. Okay? That was it. And if we were good and ate our dinner every now and then on occasion, we would get this dessert. Like maybe once, like maybe once a week, probably less, we would get pudding. Okay? But I was under no delusions that I was going to get my, the food I wanted. <laughs> Zero delusions, okay? Did I sneak sugar? Of course I did. Every kid sneaks sugar, right? And she knew too because we were running around like nuts. Okay, but we didn't make those decisions. And your kids should not be making the decisions either. They're not adults. They don't know. Of course they want sugar. Of course they want Little Debbie. Of course they want brownies. Of course they want mac and cheese. Okay? Of course they want, you know, McDonald's. Of course they want all that. Okay? Those foods are designed for all humans to want to eat them in large quantities and never stop. And if that's all they're going to eat, your solution is not to give in to them. Because you're making yourself unhappy, which means you're probably going to be there less amount of time on this planet to take care of them. You know, that's, that's a, again, a harsh truth. And I just want to make sure you've thought of it. I just want to make sure that somebody has taken the time and said, hey, by the way, this is a reality that you're going to face if you make certain decisions. Because I think we spend a lot of time being polite and not telling people what they need to know to make a good decision because they think they're going to get upset. And you know what? I, if you get upset, you're probably going to remember I said it. And eventually when you get over being upset, you're probably going to realize, yeah, there's a point there. Okay? It's called emotional maturity. <laughs> there's definitely a few adults I've met that don't have that, and I'm sure you've met them as well. But when you let your children make the decisions for food, and you bring stuff into the house that you know is not good, know is not a bad, good idea, but you bring it in because you think your kids deserve that, and that they should have treats all the time, Right? That's, that's the decision that you're, you're like shooting yourself in the foot in a whole bunch of different ways. Your kids should be set up. Again, you can raise them however you want, but when they get to be adults and all they want to do is drink soda and juice, that's not good. That is not good. That's not going to end well. And I've met these people who only, they can't, they just can't drink water. They're allergic to water. It's not going to end well. So set your kids up with good habits now. And that involves telling them no, telling them you're the boss, and you make healthy decisions for them. Now there's, there's foods that are d delicious and nutritious that your kids will eat. Okay, so, so that's another big but.
that people are like, I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know how to do that. That's, that's something that can be learned and taught. I know you can learn and, you know, I know you can learn that and do that because I believe most people can learn to do most things, honestly, if they put a little time into it. I think people have this idea where if they're not good at it from the beginning, then they can't learn and that's just bullcrap. Okay, and the other but in that category is my spouse won't eat it. Okay, which again, um, I listen, I've met those domineering spouses. It's not a good situation um, where they're so demanding that they even refuse, they even tell you that you can't eat differently. I've met those people and I don't, I don't quite understand. I don't quite understand that. But if two grown people are living in a house, it's perfectly reasonable for them to have different tastes in food. And I feel like when people get married, they start kind of eating the same thing. And I feel like women will start eating like quantities that their husbands eat. And that's why they kind of get puffy. You know, that kind of happens when you first get married. All right. But again, you're making choices that affect your body and your diabetes to make somebody else happy who may not have diabetes. And that's really dangerous. That's going to end, that's going to end poorly. That, now, that's a big emotional butt. If, we, if I had a picture of an emotional butt, I would show you that. I'm not sure what that looks like. <laughs> but that, that's a big one. Like, I get it. But again, you are basically killing yourself because somebody else doesn't like what you're doing or doesn't approve of what you're doing. I get this, I get this all the time where, you know, even a spouse who means well, who means well and means to take care of, of their spouse, will insist on outdated nutritional concepts and outdated like you know like nutritional myths that they will instill in this person with diabetes because they think they're doing something good all right and a program like this a program that i have for people addresses that because it's not just like eat this eat that it's eat this because eat that because avoid that because okay don't eat that because of this don't eat that at this time because of this when you put the why with something, suddenly those butts get a lot smaller. A lot smaller. Okay? Alright, so if you have any of those butts, I encourage you. I have animals everywhere and they keep on interrupting everything I do in my whole life. If you have any of those butts, go over, check out my website, check out the 30-day blood sugar reset. It's going to address every butt you got. <laughs> Including, eventually... The butt that you sit on, because most people, all people lose weight when they do the program. All right. I'm going to end it there. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that resonated. And um, hopefully I see you on the inside. Take care.